LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Madeline Galea. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Gospel Centre Ministry every week. Hello. G'day, Maddie. You are like worried. What's Scott going to talk about COVID? I want to talk about COVID. Oh, really? Because okay. it's back. The barbecue man. The barbecue man. I, I thought I thought that was such a beautiful story. I was I was talking to my girls about it uh, and my wife this morning, saying, it, it, "You can exactly see what happened. He was looking for a part, couldn't get it. Went to another place. He didn't shop online, obviously, old school shopper. And then he finished up going to the meat store." And but he thinking, checked in everywhere. What a responsible man. <laughs> Good on him. That's an Australian. Now, the one thing is brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push, not barbecues galore. <laughs> the Australian Church Planning Network. Over the past 10 years, we've helped plant 100 churches in Australia, and we want to see 200 more by 2030. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing. Do you need a women's minister? Well, I'm keen to talk about this topic today. I have a lot of friends who often say to me, should I go to Bible college? Will I get a job on the other end? Will I even get a full-time job? If I have kids, do I get maternity leave from a church? And I think they're valid questions for them to be asking. But today we're kind of talking to the church planner, the senior minister, to say, should they have a women's minister? And we've got Joe Gibbs from Anglican Deaconess Ministries. Now, welcome, Joe. Thanks, Scott. Nice to be here. <laughs> now, you are passionate about seeing women use their gifts for the glory of God. Uh, and you've got this great new role where your whole job is about giving ministry the op- well, creating spaces for women to grow deeper in God's word, but then to use those gifts in the wider church. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. It's <laughs> the dream. It's a great job. Now, you've been in the role for six months. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you seeing so far? What are, you, what are you learning so far? Is it too early to ask that question? Yeah, it's a bit early. I, yeah, I feel like I've still got the L plates on. Oh, it's just, I don't know, I've had so many great opportunities to hear what women are doing in different spaces. And we work across a whole range of different spaces. So it's in the church as well, but we also engage with Christian women who are in the workplace, who in their professional roles, in academia, are taking the gospel, um, being Christians in that space and thinking through that. Um, so women doing amazing things, God doing amazing things through women. So you've been in ministry for a long time. Yes, and thanks, Maddie, for putting yeah, that <laughs> Oh, sorry. As in you've got great experience in a number of different yeah, contexts. thank you. That sounds much better. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, what got you into ministry in the first place? Yeah, I, be, I became a Christian at uni, mm. but did not grow up in a family where I heard the gospel regularly. Um, or at all, actually. So when I became a Christian at uni, like this was great news. The gospel is amazing news. It really is. Mm. And became a Christian into a campus group that really challenged me to consider ministry from day one of being a Christian. As a woman, what are some of the challenges that you found in ministry? Yeah, uh, yeah, a few things. Um, I think I found as we've been talking about, there weren't necessarily clear pathways. So I've moved around to very different roles. So Mm. I've been a missionary and a family minister and a discipleship minister and now in a very different role. Um, And so it's been really um, helpful to be open to the opportunities that have come, uh, come my way and be a bit more agile and to think about core 
leadership convictions, character competency that kind of moves across those roles. So to be mm. thinking about those things. So that's really helpful. That there's there's a there's a diversity of ministry roles that women it sounds like have to kind of create create for themselves or uh, create the competencies for. Like there's not a a set pathway. Whereas for like tell for a bloke, it's you go to college, yep. you'll get a full time job, yep. you'll support your family, yeah, um, and you probably have preach, an internship preach, before or, that. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. So for a woman, it's it could be part time, it could be full time. Um, you know, often the the, the claim is made, you know, it's just a kids minister. You know, that's it, women can just do kids ministry only, which is yeah. so patently unhelpful and not true. They they're great kids ministers, but they're also I wouldn't like, want to be a kids minister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way, never. Not in your jeans. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. No, I just couldn't. It's not my. It's not what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to be thinking broader than mm. that because we want to be equipping and engaging women for gospel ministry and thinking creatively about roles mm. in our teams. Um, and but also that just that jumping around. So just being aware as a woman that it might not look like a pathway into ministry that others would have that's mm. a bit clearer. So just being open yeah. to that. Um, I was reading something from McCrindle that was talking about the onlyness of being the only person in a room or the minority in a room and how women often feel that. Mm. So just the challenge of sometimes being the only woman on the staff team or the only woman in my MA class or going along to that conference and there's a small group of women and it can yeah. just feel a bit daunting and it The only woman in the Sydney office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so just working hard to develop a good peer group outside your work situation, if that's, if that's the case. And so for me, coaching or supervision or group supervision has been really good for that. Mm. Um, I think also, as you were saying, the tendency to think about women's roles as a specific role. Mm. So you only do kids ministry, but people, I really appreciate people who have given me opportunities a bit bigger than my role and thought and asked me, how do I want to grow and develop? So not just be stuck in that box because those opportunities have meant I've been able to grow into very different roles in other places. Mm. Yeah. That's really helpful. So uh, how much is a church staff team then poorer for the absence of women? Oh, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> like I'd, I'd want to flip the question and say, what are the benefits of having women and not just one woman, but women on your team, depending mm. on your size? And when it's, it's really helpful to point out, when we're talking team, we often just think paid pastoral team. Yeah. But actually, we, we in church life need to be thinking, teams across the whole of church life and yeah. having a team's culture across your church, which means yeah. a solo pastor in a church, there's only one full-time paid minister. Um, they need to be thinking teams and yeah. they should have a multi, you know, multiple of men and women all throughout the church yeah. working uh, and serving in teams. Yeah, it's got to be teams. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to run yourself into the ground. You've only got so many hours. You need to be thinking about that coaching, discipling model. So, yeah, it's not just your staff team. You want to be mm -hmm. thinking about all those serving teams, different teams that you've got set so up. So the, the benefits, what are the benefits? Okay, but, make, make but can, I, can I give two caveats? So one is that I'm talking about that range of roles, not just having a, a woman who's focused on women's discipleship. Mm. And I am not, um, I'm not speaking for all women. So it depends on the women on your team. They'll bring different yeah. gifts and experience. And so, yeah, I'm not saying that. Oh, wow. So like, you don't want your staff team to be an echo chamber. 
you want to hear different perspectives and voices and women can bring that. You want to be modeling in your staff team what you want to see in your whole church. And that's men and women contending together for the gospel, operating as the body of Christ, the family of God. So you want to be modeling that in your staff team. Uh, NCLS tells us that 60% of the Australian church is female. Mm. So if we're serious about gospel ministry, we want to be engaging and equipping well our whole church, but that's 60%. So making sure that we have women who are thinking about that Mm. on our teams. We want examples on our teams so that women can look and say, I want to be that, or seeing a range of roles so that they're not just thinking, oh, I don't want to do kids ministry like Maddie, (laughs) (laughs) but I could do that. So that's one of the benefits. Which is is such a critical, having those people you know to look up to to look forward to to, to see here's the here's the pathway or here's how i can get yeah. in ministry so critical for just having a culture of uh leaders being developed regularly across church life yeah and women like we tend to make pathways for and disciple people who are like us mm. Mm. so having women on your team will mean that they will hopefully create pathways and be discipling and developing women um but they also bring so much to the conversation, like to the staff team conversation about the needs of women, whether that's complex, nuanced, you know, how are they thinking about this particular theological issue? What's an obstacle to them understanding that? But just practical things like raising the question about is there childcare when you run that conference or just thinking about um, women practically being able to enter those spaces. Because I think it's moving beyond the I've got a woman on staff or women on staff to how they're integrated into the yeah. whole team because you want that you want to hear the voices and I think a lot of the time yeah it's being sensitive to that asking good questions about what would be helpful um, but just doing it regularly Mm. so that everyone feels comfortable and and is operating well as a team like I was thinking about um, preaching programs and for me I've been so encouraged being part of a team previously where everyone was in together talking about determining the preaching program for next year Um, and the preaching team asking for regular feedback from the women on the team Mm. and thinking through beforehand as as they're writing a talk, what questions are women bringing to this? What obstacles do they have to understanding this text or applying it into their lives? Or does this illustration work? Does introducing your podcast about, you know, cricket and rugby, does that work (laughs) for your female audience? You know, all those sorts of things. Um, and, And I think that should be happening all the time. We had, um, in a previous team, we preached, um, the team preached through Judges Mm. and we decided to include the last few chapters of Judges, which Mm. are really difficult chapters to preach. So we discussed it as a team. Um, We talked about what issues there might be for domestic violence survivors Mm. listening Mm. to those chapters. I prepared a talk for my women's preaching group and then got their feedback and then fed that back to our preaching team to say... Have you thought about these things with your audience? Mm. So it's this great conversation around how they as a preaching team could be preaching that really well, but how as a team we could be working through thinking about how Mm. that could Mm. be done well. Even (laughs) on a strategic level, if you're going to roll out a big decision across church, run it by 10 key women in your congregation and get the input. Um, yeah, Yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. Well, we're about to play a clip from Paul Grimman and we'd like to get your thoughts, Joe, after. So take a listen. I mean, there's a, there's a fascinating piece of research. Um, Google ran this thing called Project Aristotle. They were trying to work out how to make teams work well in their organisation. 
because um, there's a in in psychology there's a thing called general intelligence you kind of give people a set of questions if they do well on that they can do well on a whole range of tasks mm -hmm. and they're asking the question is there anything that you can measure that helps you to know what makes kind of a, a group of people work together to get a task done um, and they look for all sorts of things like the maximum IQ of the person in the group or all these kinds of things none of those things matched with kind of performance on task-based activities um, the things that they eventually worked out were um, conversational turn-taking um, a reasonable participation of everybody who's part of the group and the number of women in the group actually affected the outcome of small groups of people trying to achieve tasks. Mm. All right, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's great. Like I often hear secular research mm. and I think, oh, it's good to see people wrestling with this. Yeah. And particularly on this... Um, this general, you know, what makes teams work better? So there's no bias in the question. It's really open, asking a quite open-ended question. I think, yeah, we want women on our teams. There's mm. really great benefits to having women in that conversation regularly. Uh, we talked about the emotional intelligence stuff before, but I think in terms of a sense of collaboration, hearing different perspectives, like you want that. Yeah. You want that um, healthy discussion and conflict that happens in a team to, to get towards the best solution for the problem that you're addressing. Yeah. And I think actually having that diversity on the team means that that happens. Yeah, yeah there's a reason why he made us different. So we need both of us. Yeah. Yeah. We're now going to listen to a clip from Andrew Hurd. And what, what's beautiful there is, is, is that um, we should have known this. We should have, right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Um, the, the script, I mean, you just go through the pattern of seeing women engaged in the ministries of church life through the New Testament. Yeah. And um, there, there was, there, there's always been a, a sense that God has gifted us both to work together towards the outcomes. And, you know, the, the, the women who prophesy and pray and, uh, you know, the great patroness, the supporters of the ministries and so on. It's mm. an extraordinary kind of range of activities. So a complementarian framework, a, a faithfulness to that concern um, ought never show itself in some kind of uh, simplistic segregation of our work as we've often done. Mm. Um, and I think capturing again this team pastoring model picks up these, these <laughs> clearly positive outcomes that are achieved together. Yeah. Joe, uh, what did you think about what he said? Yeah, I really appreciated Andrew's focus on a team model, not the mm. solo pastor. And that's, I mean, we get that. We know how important that is. Um, and we've talked, and the thing he picks up is if you have just the women's ministry role, which can have a really important place in a big team, it can tend to be isolated. So it can be that ministry happening over there, mm. off to the side, but mm. not integrated into the whole team. Um, in my discipleship role at St Paul's, love the conversations I would have and the work that I do together with the senior discipleship minister. So we'd be working together, talking about small groups, one-to-one, -one, uh, talking about that as a mixed whole space across the whole church, whole discipleship. Yeah. Um, but then there'd be things that I'd specifically work on in that space as well. So I think there's space for both. Yeah. We want that integrated team approach. But one of the questions I keep on asking at ADM is, uh, when does it make sense to have a women's only space? Because we want to do that in a strategic and targeted way. Yeah. And I've seen sometimes that's um, in the getting started spot in creating entry points, particularly into uh, general spaces where there's not many women. So it can create a, a, 
an encouraging um, environment for women where they might lack confidence or not have um, a lot of experience in an area. Of course, in pastoral support, we'd want women caring for women in terms of pastoral issues. We'd want to see the Titus II stuff happening of women encouraging and training and discipling women. Um, and we'd want to have uh, women's focused spaces where there are areas of ministry where women's voices haven't been heard yet. Like I'd love mm. to see women's evangelist groups where they're yeah. thinking, does evangelism look different for women in the context that they're in? So I think there can be really good reasons to have women's only spaces, but then we'd want to be working together and thinking discipleship, word ministry more generally across the whole team yeah. for men and women. And the structure of church really kind of either limits that or kind of enhances that. Yeah. And I did kids for a few years, like that was fun. I did youth for a few years, loved that. And then I was able to do membership and I like loved that. I was okay. like, this is my <laughs> yeah. sweet spot and like ministry and teams. And it's not that you have to serve in like the your most favorite area of church, that kind of thing. Yeah. You want to have a servant heart, but um, Oh, it just there's so much freedom to it could be the purpose model or a number of models where yeah. it just yeah there's just so many more opportunities for women I think it's that's great so should you have women on your staff team yes good answer oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit Done. more complicated now isn't it Joe? <laughs> She's the head of ADM. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> you don't believe he's got. No, no, I do, but I just fill it out for us just a yeah. little bit more. <laughs> yeah, like we've talked about really good reasons for having women on staff team, but thinking it might be a specific women's minister, but thinking mm. broader than that, thinking across our whole team, thinking about team pastoring, creating new roles. Let's think outside the box. Like there's a huge harvest field. There's so many people who he need to hear the gospel. Let's be creative and, and think about women's gifts and what they bring and mm. use them for the kingdom. 60% of your church. Yeah. yeah. So what's the one thing you want to say about women's ministry? Well, I think we've talked about how it's really important to uh, employ women. Uh, it's really important to integrate them into the team. But I'd also want to say is the one thing, care for the women on your team really well. And you can do that in a variety of different ways. Make sure you're discipling them. Make sure you're providing opportunities for them to grow. Make sure they're getting good contextual feedback on their ministry. Think about practical things like um, their working conditions, mm. uh, flexible working conditions, job sharing, paid parental leave. Um, all of those things can make um, mm. it much better for women to balance family and ministry um, and, and make them thrive longer term in your team. Think about ways to reduce their onlyness. Uh, just think about practical ways to make them active members of the team. All of those things will care for them well and make them love serving on your team. Excellent. <laughs> it's been great having you on uh, The One Thing, Joe. Uh, Scott, what is in the toolbox? Well, we've got a, a cracker TEDx talk from 2019 from uh, Kathy Hurd, well worth listening to. And if you're coming back to the podcast, she's following that up at our 2021 conference. So have a search through and find that if it's uh, if it's not here in the show notes. Joe works uh, or leads Anglican Deaconess Ministries. So I'm going to put a link uh, to Anglican Deaconess Ministries. They've got a range of um, uh, programs, courses, intensives, a whole bunch of stuff for women. Uh, so that'd be a great resource to check out. And then the final link is that paper that we talked about as well. Uh, so uh, check out the toolbox. 
Registrations for the Reach Australia conference are now closed, but both conference attendees and those who missed out can participate in the follow-up events, Learning Labs. Go to reachaustralia.com.au forward slash lab to register. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Madeline Galea. Chat soon. <laughs> this is a shout out to one of our Reach Australia conference sponsors, Church Finance Central. They offer you a practical solution to these problems. Regular, reliable processing of your bookkeeping and accounts, experienced handling of your payroll, superannuation and minister's allowances, preparation and management of your ATO compliance like BAS, single touch payroll and PAYG, so that your treasurer and finance team can experience the peace of having a clear way to make the processing of accounts achievable, the freedom to make good decisions with the correct information each month, and stability in financial management during times of change and handover. Go to www.churchfinancecentral.com.